The Veterans Affairs Department has been dealing with a high vacancy rate now for years. Last year, its medical facilities had a vacancy rate of 11%. That's why management of care stays stuck on the high-risk list maintained by the Government Accountability Office. Here with the latest findings, the GAO's Director of Strategic Issues, Robert Goldenkoff. Bob, good to have you back. And I guess the question is, why is this so persistent for VA? It's a persistent problem because VA and its components need to do more to ensure they have effective succession planning uh, uh, efforts. Um, From what we've seen... Um, we actually compared uh, VA succession planning um, policies and programs to leading practices in that area, and uh, they came up short in, in many areas. Yes, because in large private medical institutions, these big chains of places, do they have similar rates? Do we know? Do you have any inkling of how it is in the private sector for you know, Kaiser-sized places? I can't speak specifically to Kaiser, but at least from information provided by VA, uh, turnover within the healthcare industry is particularly high. Um, And so VA claims that uh, it has less turnover than uh, in in private sector um, healthcare um, organizations. Uh, But uh, if if you're a veteran in need of healthcare, uh, it, that, that really doesn't make a difference to you when already we know, as, as you mentioned, that the vacancy rates are so high. I mean, you mentioned the percentage, uh, but, uh, you know, just in terms of actual numbers, um, there's a, a shortage of 24,000 medical and dental positions and 900 human resource positions. Um, so, you know, that's one reason why VA needs to focus more on succession planning. Uh, also, just its future workforce is at risk as well. They have um, fairly high uh, levels of, of retirement eligibility. Um, we did an analysis. We went back and we looked at data as of um, those employees who were on board as of the as of September 30th, 2017. Uh, around 30% will become eligible for retirement over the subsequent five years. So you can see the workforce going forward is vulnerable as well. Yes, because to get back to the topic of turnover, turnover is one thing, but succession planning means that turnover doesn't necessarily have to result in a high vacancy rate. So maybe these private sector organizations have higher turnover, but the question is you can plan for that phenomenon on a regular basis, I guess with some workforce planning and and some good recruiting programs? That's what's critical. Effective succession planning helps ensure that organizations have a pipeline of talent to meet both current and future mission requirements. And it's not something that you do ad hoc. It's not something that's intuitive, but it requires um, using workforce analytics. The other important thing, and agencies don't always get this right, is that when someone leaves, it's not about backfilling that vacancy with the person with the same skills and competencies. What agencies need to do is, is strategic succession planning. And by that, I mean thinking about the, the mission requirements going forward, how the mission is, is changing going forward, and what needs to be done in order to accomplish that mission. If all you do is simply backfill vacancies, uh, you're just replicating your current agency with, with all the warts and, and other issues that it has. And it also doesn't allow the jobs, I would imagine, to evolve to contemporary standards and expectations on the people you want to hire as to what those jobs should be comprised of. Well, absolutely. You know, in some of our past work, we've seen how the workforce is is changing. 
younger people are entering the job market now, and they have different expectations of the workplace, and agencies need to adjust their, their management uh, um, to uh, meet the needs of the, the next generation of workforce. Otherwise, uh, the federal government is going to lose those folks to other uh, entities. We're speaking with Robert Goldenkoff, Director of Strategic Issues at the Government Accountability Office. And do we know whether there's a geographic component or variation among the VA vacancies because some of their hospitals and medical centers are located in issue in areas where, in general, there's a shortage of medical help? Oh, absolutely. And, and that's what one of the, the, the reasons why this is such a, a thorny issue. It really needs to be addressed locality by locality because the labor markets are, are very different as you go across the country. Obviously, in a city like San Francisco, you have the, the heads of hospitals there, and um, certain medical specialists are making way more than what the federal government can offer them. And then you also have uh, separate issues in rural areas. And the problem is, is that if you're talking about salaries, for example, um, whereas the private co- uh, sector private healthcare organizations, they're much more nimble than the federal government in terms of adjusting pay rates. It takes much longer in the federal government to adjust pay rates to bring them up to where the market is. And so you really, as I said, you need to go locality by locality to address this issue because it's all very different. But aren't the medical staff members, and I think some of the also medical facility directors, the administrators, don't they come under Title 53 rather than Title V for federal employment, and therefore there's much greater pay flexibility there? It's Title 38, uh, but that's one of the, the, the... The VA does have a lot of flexibilities, and, and it is using those flexibilities uh, as, as best it can. And, you know, and this is not entirely a bad news story. Uh, the VA recognizes that it has issues, uh, and that's, of course, the first step in addressing a problem is recognizing that that you have one. And so uh, VHA, for example, Veterans Health Administration, is already uh, using uh, various hiring authorities and flexibilities to meet the needs of uh, the the local labor markets. But as I said, it can be a a clunky process. And even after you apply those um, flexibilities, sometimes there's there's still a a disparity in, in labor markets. It sounds like this really starts with the secretary. I remember when uh, David Shulkin was secretary, that was something that they embarked on, was a hiring drive. But as you point out in the report, the succession planning directive has not been updated in approaching 20 years now. Well, well, exactly. And, and that's um, uh, a, a, a key issue. And, and ironically, one of the reasons why at, at the top level, VA's succession plan uh, has not been updated in so long is because of turnover. So I do find some, some irony in that. But so, and, and, that, and that's where it starts. I mean, we've identified um, five leading practices for succession planning, and the first one is having active support and participation from, from leadership. And so, as you mentioned, VA's plan is already obsolete and outmoded, so they're operating off of a, a, a plan that was developed um, many, many years ago. Those, those circumstances uh, no longer exist. The, the needs of the veterans have, have evolved. The labor market has, has been changing. Um, and so some of the other leading practices include then develop succession plans aligned with strategic goals, 
um, analyze current and future workforce gaps. Uh, the fourth uh, practice is, is agencies then need to identify strategies for closing those workforce gaps. And then the fifth one is monitor and evaluating the succession plans and then update them as, as needed. And you did get a response on this latest version of the report from the secretary, Secretary Wilkie. And uh, what's he, he seems to concur with what you're recommending. Well, absolutely. And the, the recommendations were fairly straightforward. What we found was that um, within each of those leading practices, agencies were, the, the various components of VA were, were falling short. And actually, um, VA, uh, VA's efforts, the uh, big VA, corporate VA, was the least consistent with all those leading practices. VHA was a little bit better. Uh, they had either met or partially met all of them. Uh, and, um, and so we recommended that um, uh, VA and its components just um, fill in and, and be more consistent uh, with uh, leading succession plans. And as you said, uh, VA agreed. They concurred with all our, our recommendations. Robert Goldenkoff is Director of Strategic Issues at the Government Accountability Office. As always, thanks so much. Well, thank you. It was a pleasure. We'll post this interview along with a link to that latest report at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. The new Deborah Health Report podcast drops the first Wednesday of every month. Visit DeborahHealthReport.com for the latest with Raza Kay as she discusses heart disease, sleep conditions, and more with leading doctors at Deborah Heart and Lung Center. Listen at DeborahHealthReport.com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.